Hello. Making every lesson count is brought to you by EMB Training and Consultancy Services, a learning organization that provides training for school heads and educators in the academe and to corporate practitioners in the industry. I am Mrs. B, its Chief Learning Officer, and my rich and fruitful experiences in mentoring and training covers 42 years of God's provision and grace. I extend my heartfelt thanks to all of you who have listened to and shared my podcasts to others who could find them useful, and also those who sent messages through email or text. Thank you very much. Major podcasts would be available on video PowerPoint presentations on YouTube, and notes for each podcast can be requested through email or through EMB Training and Consultancy Services Facebook page. Today, we conclude our two-part episode on business meetings and how to make them productive, efficient, and effective, even when conducted virtually. Midpoint of this episode, I will share five tips for conducting virtual meetings. Last week, we identified four categories of what causes unproductive meetings. They are preparation, people, process, and time. We also described different behaviors that could be very visible among participants that could affect the conduct of any meeting. In 2020, meetings are not bound by geography anymore. It has become standard practice now to conduct conference calls with no shared screen or virtual meetings using meeting softwares or apps. Let's now prepare for our meeting, whether face-to-face or virtually. The first thing we need to do is to question why are we going to hold a meeting? What is its purpose? What are you trying to accomplish? Simon Sinek's format of his Finding Your Why is to blank so that blank. Reporting or merely presenting information to one another, is that your purpose? To report so that everybody would know what is up in your area? It could actually be better done in writing. Having a meeting simply to disseminate info is not a good use of a meeting. There are actually uh, four broad reasons why uh, we conduct meetings, you know. One is, the very basic, is for social interaction, for interaction, also to influence others, to make decisions, to solve problems, or to strengthen relationships. All of them are active processes. Passive uh, attendees in a meeting rarely do quality work. So it is important that through discussion, brainstorming, questioning, there would be interaction, even though it is done virtually. But everyone should have been given the information to be discussed ahead of time. 
There is an interesting study done by the Cambridge Psychological Society, and they found out that the average person, 24 hours after a meeting, remembers only 9% of what was said. And of the 9% remembered, half of it is inaccurate. Why? Because we have a limited amount of attention. Actually, it has also been found out that we can consciously be aware of seven things, plus or minus two, at any one time. Added to that are internal and external distractions, our personal filters, and our limited ability to remember decreasing with age. The second thing we need to do is to count the cost. Not only direct or actual cost in pesos, but the cost of people's time. How about all the tasks people are not doing while they are at the meeting? Or a time-benefit ratio? Is the amount of time spent on this meeting worth the benefit that results from the meeting? The third one is to decide on the right format. Now, virtual meetings, we see to it that the participants can see a shared screen with webcams for a feeling of connection, and they can be focused, and it could eliminate multitasking. Another thing we need to consider is who really needs to be there. The attendee list. Because each agenda item must relate to everyone present. What happens if you have uh, 10 people present but one item concerns only six of them? It will be equal to four bored people who will naturally look for a diversion. If a decision needs to be made, all necessary people should be present. So I'd like you to take note of three kinds of people that could be present in a meeting. The doers and deciders, the resource people, the need-to-know people who need to be there in a meeting. Are they group one, kind number two? If they are just resource people, then they will they, they need not be present the whole time when everyone is meeting virtually or even face-to-face. The fifth one is, of course, very important, is to create the agenda. You decide who is responsible to create it. Because once items are submitted, this person needs to prioritize. The meeting itself has a a specific or finite amount of time. So each item needs a certain amount of time. We see to it Everyone knows the criteria and process to get an item on the agenda. Because I want this to be discussed. But that is out of topic. Everyone should know the format of what is to be submitted. I'm going to post a template on the Facebook page of EMB Consultancy. So that you can use, or if you wish, you may use it as a reference. What are the criteria that make items worthy of being in the agenda? Does it require group interaction? Does it involve everyone in the meeting? Are you considering the time-benefit ratio? 
Now, for those who are going to submit items to be included in the agenda, please see to it that you establish a cutoff time for submission. And it is about time that we do not reward procrastination. Everybody uh, should uh, do away with uh, Filipino time. There is no such thing as that. Because it would only mean that we are all late comers, late bloomers, and late all other things. You decide also what is the ideal point for distribution, other materials that they need to prepare beforehand. Because you see, uh, preparation is the key. To summarize, a successful meeting begins with careful preparation, a clear purpose served by the format, the time-benefit analysis in terms of the attendees. Remember huh, that while they are spending time in the meeting, they are not doing all other tasks that clamor and need their attention. Now let us go to time. There is a military expression, if you are not early, you're late. Of course, start on time and on time. It would take practice. But it takes discipline for all the members, all the attendees, to observe and to form as a habit eventually. You'll not be sorry if you really start on time and end on time. We do not want a meeting that could not start because others show up late. We will wait for five more minutes, six more minutes. We will make those who are late, uh, let's say, sing for us or any other penalty. Because that is still uh, giving importance to being late. Or a meeting going longer than scheduled. Or a meeting going long because one always has something lengthy to say. You see, if one knows that a meeting starts and ends on time, and he knows it is not going to become a black hole that would consume his day, then the person would become more focused. So, what is the lesson? We respect one another's time. Do not catch up latecomers on what has been discussed. That is not a good habit to observe. So, start at unusual times. I've always been asking my colleagues before, uh, why can we not start seven minutes after the hour? 8.07 uh, and the end around uh, 3.27. Virtually, you log in, let's say, at 3.54 because we will start at exactly 4.03, things like that. Or you can also have a stand-up meeting. Everyone is going to stand. Any company or any school or any organization done that, I wonder. But that could be a good practice. A stand-up meeting that forces everybody to be focused. That forces everybody to really talk, go direct to the point, hit the target, and in 20 minutes, it's over. I was even a witness to a meeting, uh, a meeting of uh, team members where the, the company, the mother company of which is based in Indonesia. And the Indonesian CEO 
asked all the team members, Philippines, Singapore, and other another Asian country, what is it? This is these are the things that we're going to talk about and virtually, yeah. And tell me, what is the progress, person A? What is the progress, person B? Who reports to you, person A? Who are people under you? And then that's it. Okay, so next time, we are going to see what is the progress, what is the development of this. Thank you very much for attending. It's over in only 20-25 minutes. Oh, how we wish that we could really have those kinds of meetings. I shared with you that I am midpoint. There are certain tips that can be shared for conducting a virtual meeting. See, business owners, uh, corporate leaders, we embrace virtual events as a cost-effective method to achieve a myriad of goals, including webinars, training, conferences. But it is important to ensure that effective communication is not being traded for bottom-line savings. Though we're meeting virtually, will not completely replace the person-to-person meeting, its ease of adoption and convenience can serve to enhance our business's productivity. But remember, virtual meetings are not ideal for every situation. So knowing when and how to utilize this technology is vital. There's an influencing trainer Lee Miller, who said that the biggest mistake people make is assuming that influencing when you are meeting face-to-face is the same as influencing when you are interacting virtually. It's not. The rules are different because people respond differently when they are interacting virtually. First tip, of course, as a proven research proven studies is how to prepare the first tip how to prepare these are all evidences of the things that we have discussed on meeting basics in our last episode and earlier the first thing we do before deciding what technologies and software will be needed is to decide who the participating audience is and what information is being shared I just want to um, reiterate that because that is uh, from, excuse me, the University of Dayton Research Institute's Human Factors Group. They found out that it is best for presenters to either design their data or presentation according to the environment they will be presenting it in, or to choose the best environment to represent the data they have. You cannot simply, you know, take a presentation you gave in front of a live audience at a conference and then throw it up on a video monitor for a virtual audience and expect the same results. Because, you know, you're limited to a degree in how you can interact with your virtual audience. Um, Another, the assistant rather, vice president for instructional technology at St. Leo University, in Florida recommends that you send the agenda ahead of time, you create visuals to reinforce your message and forward them to everyone before the meeting, invite the members of each team who need to be involved. 
So this is a reinforcement of the meeting basics that have been mentioned earlier. Now, since it is virtual, you make sure to send login information at least a day in advance so that participants can test for any software downloads needed. And if you have attended webinars online uh, for the past months, we would always receive an email that says that the webinar is three hours to go. Then reminder, webinar, one hour to go. See, uh, there has, and the details of the login information will be indicated there if, if it is through Zoom or through any other software. Sometimes we can also conduct roll call and verify that everything is working. We review the timeline. And if you are hosting, or if you are a single presenter, but you have a large audience that is going to be tuning in, then it's always a good idea to have a facilitator designated to assist you. So they can support in technical issues and uh, uh, supervise and monitor questions through the chat box, things like that. So that's how to prepare. The second would be about technical tools and requirements. We all know that it needs an internet connection, audio, webcam, and when choosing a service, think small because the most effective web conferences are those that only use the technology that is needed. AIS, guys, keep it simple, is the best way to have people focus on your message and not the technology. You may be using Adobe uh, Connect, GoToMeeting, Microsoft Office Live Meeting, WebEx, by the way, WebEx has breakout rooms, so it's also good even for classes, if you want to conduct uh, online classes as well, or online training, that you can still break the whole group, the whole audience into breakout rooms. The third one is to stay focused, meaning the users, the attendees, need to remove distractions. You see, the advantage of virtual meetings is the ability to hold them almost anywhere. But the disadvantage of virtual meetings is also the ability to hold them almost anywhere. So either from a coffee shop, airport lounge, or home office, or in your bedroom, and the most common is in your library because your backgrounds are all shelves of books. And uh, in fact, the spokesperson, the lady spokesperson of our MMDA uh, is always being interviewed she, uh, when she's in the car. So it can be done anywhere. So to minimize background or road noise, you can opt to mute all attendees and only take questions via the chat box. Also, we keep the focus on one or two topics only. If you must cover more items, then give people time to stretch or bathroom break or replenish their coffee. Each part of the meeting has to be no longer than 30 minutes. 
And another, uh, there's one thing that I have read somewhere, sorry, that striped shirts uh, do not transmit well on camera, nor does large shiny jewelry. Both can be visually distracting. So, you try to keep your body movements to a minimum, as excessive movement can actually degrade the quality of your video. The fourth one is etiquette. You know, the key to a successful video conference is to remember that you are in a meeting. So give your full attention to all the attendees as you would if you were in the same room. If we are guilty of this, sometimes we don't have to be distracted by email, web surfing, or texting. Or try not to eat or drink so that you can be prepared if questions are directed to you. Oh, oh wait, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I am still drinking and I, you know I love how I love coffee. It's etiquette, a good rule of thumb. Always assume when you walk into the room, walk could be in quotation marks, huh? when you log in or when you join in quotation marks the virtual meeting, always assume that the microphones are already live to other locations. This helps prevent any extra pre-meeting conversation from being broadcast when you might not intend it to. But you didn't know that if they are already all present and all on live, on air, you say, oh, uh, you cook this one later, huh? I'm, I will be in the meeting, so don't disturb. Quiet, huh? But then you didn't know that everyone is, has already heard what you've said. So that is the good rule of thumb, huh? And for these video conference meetings, which I experience also every time I attend the webinars, even at the, you know, the Eastern time is a 12 hour difference. And they would always have it at 12 noon. So that's 12 a.m. at at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and that is 3 a.m. here. Uh, let us remember that those meetings actually move at a slightly slower pace than a typical meeting because there could be a two to three second delay for most systems to communicate. So sometimes if I attend the webinar, I just uh, log out because it's choppy, it's buffering, it is not clear, the audio quality or video quality is poor. So if you're a participant, remember, excuse me, uh, that you have to bring attention to yourself before addressing the group by maybe signaling with your hand or just typing a question or comment. So if it's possible that there are, <clears throat> that there are some signs that you can establish in the beginning of a meeting, or you can send it to everybody that uh, this is how you if you want to speak if you want to ask if you want to comment then you do this see this in webinars there are some pens markers no? or sometimes text you use it and you put it in the chat box sometimes they put some polling questions and then everyone would answer and even either on text or or by means of the marker and everybody is uh, writing on it that is the webinar, but we are talking about meetings in this particular episode. 
In fact, one in in a website. Um, let me check that website. Superpower. Sorry, it is collaborationsuperpowers.com. They have super cards that you can print and you can distribute to your members that would signal different kinds of messages when you are online and conducting a meeting, especially if your audience, let's say, is even just 15 to 20. Like uh, there is a card for you're breaking up. In other words, I cannot hear you. Or uh, you have a lot of background noise. Or you're frozen. Or your connection is not great. Or I'm leaving the meeting. And one thing I like, the card that says ELMO, E-L-M-O, it means enough, let's move on. So those are messages that the presenter or the speaker or the leader of the meeting would really be very observant and aware of. Now, if you are the one leading the meeting, you make sure that there are sufficient pauses after you ask a question or you mention a very important statement. And you should also make eye contact by looking into the camera and it will make conversation among all of the attendees more natural. Okay? And the fifth one is to engage the participants because uh, there is always a tendency in virtual meetings you know, to launch right into the task. And uh, it can sometimes negatively affect relationship building. So break the ice also, like uh, go around the virtual room, ask everyone to introduce themselves, share something about their weekend, or anything they are looking forward to. In other words, add a social element to the proceedings. That everything you can simulate from the face-to-face encounters is good. So, and if there are questions aside from the chat box, they can submit those questions before the program begins. Or you can communicate through email in the beginning and before you conduct the actual virtual meeting. Under the best of circumstances, as soon as one or two attendees dial in or join or get into the room in any meeting, sometimes uh, productivity starts to suffer and there is a long list of reasons for that. But what is most important is we need to really take, see to it that our attendees are engaging. Uh, there, in fact, there is one a webinar that uses um, the four pictures in one word and uh, that could be an icebreaker or anything of music or a dance step or anything that will engage them because it's very important that uh, we get voluntary engagement from our participants from our attendees we can use video we sure make sure the faces are visible. We stick to the meeting basics. Minim, we, we, sorry, we minimize the length of your presentation uh, because meetings should be discussions, huh? Because you know the only thing worse than a long presentation in person is a long presentation during a virtual meeting. 
So, uh, background information should be provided beforehand so that everybody is uh, on the same page and then there will be conversation so that everyone will be looking at their cameras and everyone will have that connection. And you may also use their names. You call on people and capture their real-time feedback. So, and you may like to practice once or twice. See, everybody is now into the boat. They are now, everybody, everybody is now in the same boat. We're all doing virtual meetings. We're all doing online learning. We're all doing conferences on radio, on television, in our offices, in the comforts of our home, through virtual means. Not being able to work together in the same room with colleagues has become a major challenge in the past months. And it will become more challenging in the future. So to make virtual meetings work, to make even person, I mean, face-to-face meetings work, we need to adjust how our team will conduct them. We need to prepare. We need to know the people and um, know the attendees. We need to take note of the time and we have to go through the process so that when they attend the meeting, they are already, everyone is excited to see one another virtually. A small investment in preparedness could have a huge impact at any time. So uh, call for a meeting right away, test it. Or if your boss or leader, organization leader, institution leader, CEO, director, is thinking of a meeting, then tell them, I will initiate. Tell them that you are ready to initiate. For all we know, improved face-to-face or virtual meetings could be the instrument for teams to start communicating more openly and honestly help one another prioritize, find access to other resources and tools, and work within a specific time frame. This whole process can improve productivity, communication, and integration of the team's work. Make the most of every chance you've got. In the end, better meetings and better work lives result. Have a wonderful day, dear friends and colleagues. Next week, we shall have an episode on how we assess performance online. Goodbye!